0: Welcome to episode 151 of Blind Guy Talks Tech for Friday the 8th of July 2022 and it is me that blind guy Stephen Scott talking to some old friends today. You're
1: listening to Blind Guy Talks Tech your daily accessible tech podcast. Now here's that blind guy himself Stephen Scott.
2: Yes, it is me. And uh, speaking of old friends, hi, Sean Priest. How are you? Old friends? Now, I don't know how to take that. Does that mean I'm no longer a friend or that I am age-wise very old? Either way, it's true. Hello, mate. Uh, well, I'm just kind of going for the third
0: category, which is an old friend, someone you rely on, someone who's there for you, someone who supports oh. you, someone who's oh, no. you know, uh, with you uh, through oh. all the, the thicks and the thins.
2: Oh, God, that was beautiful. I'm filling up. Thank you.
0: But it's not that; it's the first two. <laughs> uh, so anyway,
2: hi. It's Friday.
0: Hey. hey, it's pre-order day for a MacBook Air. Yay! Uh, well, we're, we are recording this,
2: and I'm, I'm kind of going off rumours. So hopefully, it is. It will be. Yes, it will be. Are you? Uh, are you uh, taking the plunge? I have to be honest. I was kind of. I am thinking about it. Of course. What do you mean you're <laughs> thinking about? You're such a liar. Don't <laughs> lie to yourself. Don't, ah, it's ridiculous. Of course you are.
0: I have to be honest. I was very. I mean, I think the only thing that's going to stop I was it for me very is very drunk at the time. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not even going to use that <laughs> excuse. Not with this one. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny thing. I I walk into the house and I have an apple box. And the first thing my wife says to me is, "Okay, what is it this time?" Uh, she just doesn't even ask. She well, doesn't even.
2: She, I was going to say at least she's interested. Or she's well,
0: interested to ask what it is, and then I tell her, and she just
2: you can almost hear
0: the eyes glazing over. I', I uh, say, just lost
2: interest. You know what? I, I want to be harsh and brutal and say she should take an interest, but Sarah's into the habit now of buying vinyl. And oh. uh, every day there's a new, you know, single coming in and she tells me all about it. And I just tune out because, oh, first thing, vinyl sounds absolutely terrible. It sounds like you've set you, it on fire. Absolute heathen. Oh, it's awful. Absolutely awful. What were we listening to the other day? Uh, I don't know, Eddie and the Hot Rods. She, What she gets is these mystery packs of 80s records and you don't know what you're getting. Ira, they're going crazy because she's sitting through, what's this one? What's this? <laughs> oh, I feel so sorry for them. But uh, yeah, Vinyl. Terrible. Thank you. Listen, if you're
0: using Ira, can I just ask that you don't completely piss off all of the agents? Because, you know, <laughs> we need them. We need them to stay in their jobs. It's funny. You do get, you know, after a while, you so oh, it's Priscilla. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You start to know people. <sighs> ah, dear. God well, bless you should be getting. Like, if she's liking all that, she should get into time life because that is, of course, the home of classic hits. Time life? Remember Time Life? You'd send away for us. you'd send your CD every month and you'd pay Oh, uh,
2: yeah, I'm sorry. No, music I'm, by subscription, the old way. Britannia, I'm thinking of, where you get Britannia? three CDs wow. and then, so, yeah, oh, back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Britannia, <sighs> oh, I forgot yeah. about them. Anyway. Sorry, yeah. well, what were we it's talking funny, about?
0: It's funny though, isn't it, when you think about music and how readily available it is. I think I told you the story. I was in Asda one day and, it was, and I was standing in front of all the, the cassette tapes at the time and they had CDs just, you know, were kind of the new thing. yeah. And the, it was at the time, you remember, you could buy a single in either tape or CD? Yes, of course. You had the the mix because not everybody had CD and no. not everybody had given up tape. And, you know, obviously very quickly that changed. But, you know, although I say that, it probably took a couple of years. But I remember standing there thinking, God, it'd be great if you could just like take the tracks you liked and make your own CD. Like if they had a machine, you could just oh. put the tapes into <sighs> And it would bring out a CD with all the, you know, your hits on it that you like. Mm, 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 because sometimes mm. the now albums didn't have it; didn't have all the tracks you liked. So then no, no, you went to no. something else.
2: No killer, or filler.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. So I, uh, I have to say, things have changed immeasurably, but I don't know for the better. I, I know it sounds a bit old, oh. Daddy O. But oh dear, I know. But I, today's I feel, lyrics. I feel bereft you know, of music today. Just mumble. Well, there's that as well. Yeah, it's M- funny today's though. music is terrible.
2: How 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 uh, a razor-sharp, clear image I've got of certain cassette tape covers. Yes, exactly. And uh, the cassette tapes themselves, like that clear, gunmetal grey, transparent... Ah, and 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 uh, uh, videotapes, getting those little square letters and labelling them. Ah, it was amazing. I used to love it. I used to
0: go into town on a Saturday, into Glasgow City Centre, and I'd always go to... And for those who are from Glasgow, you'll know who, what I'm talking about here... Uh, Argyle Street in Glasgow, you would have HMV and Virgin Megastore next to each other. Yeah, and you would go in there and you'd, you'd buy. I, I used to spend like sixteen quid a CD. Hello, um, no, mad double CD, sixteen quid, up to twenty sometimes. For some reason, I don't know why this is. I always remember the Barry Manilow Best of was like twenty five pounds worth every single <laughs> penny. Hey, listen to get to get a copy of Daybreak going. I am I am all in on that. I am all in. Oh, and you do you know remember Space about
2: Hoppers and, um, I don't know, uh, Marathon Bars? It's, it's like a copy of yes. oh, I Love the 80s. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was so much better in my time, in, wasn't it? It was so much day. better when the world was in no. black and white.
2: Uh, She's playing vinyl at me. It's, it sounds terrible. Crackly crack. One got stuck the other day. What well, was that? Like, that was gold. Gold. <laughs> gold. Gold. <laughs> gold. Oh, it was awful. All I, all I did was say, amazon play la 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 and it played it in beautiful crisp high definition music no. I, I, I
0: just come on throw a dog toy at the record player or you know get up and stamp your feet that solves <laughs> it you just got to kick it past that bit of the groove CDs? i wasn't remember the quarter in radio you had the quarter turn now, i didn't do a lot of this when i was growing up in radio because when i got there it was and we're going to talk about this today actually on the show um but you know when i was growing up in radio it was all kind of player systems coming through cd players to some degree cart machines even Mm. Uh, but in some studios, they still had the record players and you'd bring in the records and you'd put them in and you'd get the tracks. The way you lined it up for radio was you would put the track on, you would line it up so you'd get it ready to go. You'd, you'd be listening to it off air and then you would do a quarter turn back and you'd hold it, You just hold it with your finger. Yeah. And then you would just wait. And then as soon as you wanted the track to go, you just let go and off it would start. Mm. And um, and that that gave it the time to spin up before the track started, you see. So it made it sound, instead of it sounding like it was starting like that, um, oh, it was great. I remember those days. Didn't do a lot of it, but, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I all became computers after that, which is funnily enough what we're talking about today. Because technology, I am, you say? Yes. yes, I know. Well, very old technology. <laughs> um, Yeah, today's, a, today's an interesting one because, you know what, it's Friday, it's chill out time, the world's in a mess. So I thought, screw it, I'm going to have some fun. And I got with an old friend who I've known for a long time and we got the chance to sit down. We, we've been having a catch up every month or so, and we do this every month just to get together and say hello. And he keeps saying to me, "You know, ah, when am I coming on your podcast? When am, I, when am I coming on? I'm not. I'm not. You know, not just coming on. I, I want to be invited on." I said, oh, yes, "Okay, fine. for a reason." Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So I um I did. I I invited him on at there and then <laughs> in the restaurant. I said, "Let's just do it now." Just to, so just uh, to shut him up. Is that yeah, what you saying? How dare much, you? Yeah. So um. Yeah, uh, we had a really interesting conversation, so I'm going to play that in full today because it kind of gets into a bit of my history with radio and got, getting started in it, and we really geek out in some of that stuff. So, yeah, it's a very enjoyable interview. Purely, um, what's the word I'm thinking of here? Self, self, two words actually. Self indulgent. That is what I'm being today. Well, self indulgent. I,
2: I, I don't think so, actually, because I've had a little bit of a sneak preview of this. I had a, a little listen, and. Uh, Ian himself, the guy you're talking to, is very interesting in his own right. It's not all well, about you, actually, Stephen. Yes, I don't want to say, me. You no. know, I don't often say that, Stephen. But it's not all about you.
0: No, and it isn't actually all about me. It's about him. It's about him and his career and getting into this business because I'm sure people. It's not. It's
2: more no. other than an interview. It's just a really interesting conversation.
0: I got yeah. Say. Best best kind is just you know get a, get a couple of drinks involved. although it was coffee, and fairness, and yes, you have to count. will we'll you can play the drinking game today on the podcast the drinking game is how many times do we knock something over during the course of this conversation
2: oh cool well done
0: yeah you can play the drinking game It's always fun uh you know we've been talking a lot about a lot of different things on this podcast as we do and we love getting your feedback you've been emailing us uh greg i don't have your email in front of me right now um for for reasons which i will not go into but it's a long very boring Um, story let's just say uh it would be helpful if i had actually charged up my laptop before i came in here um but I didn't. So, uh, but Greg did email in regarding the Victor Reader Stream uh, and the Victor uh, Stellar, or what is it called, Stellar Trek,
2: Stellar Trek. Well, can I get just so mix up with these? We do have a collection of Gregs now. Do you know which Greg ah, this was?
0: This is Greg in
2: Pennsylvania. Oh, ah, of course. Hello. And Greg was
0: referring to the fact that uh, he loves the Victor Reader Trek because of the fact that when he goes off to the uh, Appalachian Mountains. Ooh place I'd love to visit, by the way. Is that on the moon? Yes, it is. It's exactly where it is. Okay. Um, That's where Greg goes on his holidays. He goes to the moon. Um, He turns to his wife and he says, to the moon. That was a TV show, wasn't it? That was terrible,
2: no? Ah, different (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. Carry on. It's
0: it's probably been banned. Um, But, uh, yeah, he goes off to the Appalachian Mountains. And for that reason, cell phone signal, mobile phone signal is terrible. And on this device, it is always working for him it's always working well so that's a plus point for a device like that versus a smartphone a cell phone because the, the coverage isn't so good so that's one thing um he was also talking about and i'm racking my brain to see with your email in my head because you were talking about the national library service and how humanware uh, developed the nls player um and was involved in creating that and he was talking about his concerns perhaps around what the future of that will be but um I'll I'll get that proper email read out, you know, rather than me just try and make it up in my head, Greg. Because yes. this is this is an interesting new way of doing the show where <laughs> I just imagine what you said and just say it out loud. We just have vague
2: stabs at your questions. Yeah, they?
0: here's but- what I think you said this week.
2: <laughs> ah, yes, Humanware are a very interesting company, I've got to say, because although I I sometimes struggle to think, why would I have that over my smartphone? And I say that for a lot of specialist tech. You know, I've said this for a long time. Mm. Um, I do recognize, and, and I do recognize the, the, the importance of having that specialized tech as an option out there still. And um, yeah, I mean that makes a perfect sense to me that the trekker breeze or, or whatever you're using when you're going somewhere and somewhere really in the wilderness, you know. That, of course, I'm thinking of going to the high street, going to the local you know bakery to pick up a pie, whereas Greg's <laughs> trekking through the um, Appalachian mountains, mountains on yeah. the moon. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a proper use. So uh, and Greg is very very knowledgeable, of course. Well, absolutely. Um, more, more than us.
0: Well, that would be clear. I mean, if he can make his way to the Appalachian Mountains and back, then the, I think yeah, he's on incredibly the huh? on the moon with a, a Victor Reader trek. That yeah. is brilliant. Well done, you. There you go. I think that's, that's uh, absolutely it. sold to <laughs> so all of us. So there's
2: Greg's email, which we never actually read out. <laughs> okay. um, but we will get that proper email
0: read. I promise you, Greg, we'll get that proper email read. But here's one that's a bit easier. This is a voicemail, um, and uh, we will hear... Well, uh, you had to say, you, you give us a call on the uh, Eleanor line, 204 571
3: Hello, this is Darren from Bexley. I'm more than happy for my message to go out on air. Um just ringing to say thank you for all the articles that you do. I'm uh, enjoying the podcasts, especially the one today about the uh, stellar trek. Uh, this uh, brings me a few uh, uh, pointers or wonderings really about it if it is priced at a very reasonable price i.e., under a thousand pounds and it the ocr is any good then it could really uh, be a major major competitor and indeed be a threat to the cam reader um and the fact that his wife are connected that's an interesting one as well um, also the orbit uh multi uh, line orbit uh, slate is an interesting one to watch as well um yeah it's all getting very interesting what else is going to come up um i actually wonder if we are about to enter another golden age of technology for the blind people whereby you have both the mainstream and the specialist tech really competing against each other to an extent that we haven't had before. I know in the 90s and the 2000s, we it was mainly specialist tech up until fairly recently. But now we are in a situation where we've got both competing. So I actually think we may be heading for a golden age of blind uh, Technology in both the assistive and, or specialist and the mainstream uh, camps. So, wonder what your thoughts were on uh, that. And uh, yeah, I think this is all getting very, very interesting, and I look forward to hearing more about the Stellar Trek. Uh, that sounds a very interesting product. Um, and thank you very much. Uh, and until next time. I'll leave another message. This is Darren from Bexley saying bye for now. And thank you for your good work. I've, this used to listen to you during Tech Talks when it was on R B Connect and I followed you across. This is Darren saying bye for now and thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you, Darren. That was a lovely message to get. uh giving us a call there on the uh, old Eleanor line. Thank you, Darren. Uh, yeah, that was lovely. And, uh, yeah, we we are glad to be here. We're glad to be of service. Yeah. Could this could the Trek a Trek be yeah, Golden Age. Could the Stellar Trek be a threat to the OrCam? That was the one I picked up out of that. You picked up Golden Age and I went straight for, oh, everything else is getting
2: destroyed. Um, I, don't, I did hear wow. a lot. There was a lot of talk about the Orbit uh, reader, um, I noticed, at Site Village. People were, were talking how popular it is. Um, OrCam. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. What did I yeah. say? Oh, yeah. yeah, the Orcam,
0: yes. It, the or- it, 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 it. Yeah, Darren referred to the, the, or- the Orcam reader, but yeah, there's the various versions of the Orcam because you get the Orcam My Eye, the Orcam Read. It does get a little bit confusing. it was, after no, all. It, was it
2: was the reed. Yeah, no, it was the reed. That was uh, I think that was what people were That's talking about. That's
0: the highlighter one. Yeah, it's like yes, a hi- it's, it's like right. a highlighter pen. You hold it in your hand. But the main thing read.
2: they were talking about was just how easy it was to use. Mm. That was why they were saying it was so popular. It was just it it just works was something I kept hearing. So, um, yeah, I, I see again though with the with the stellar uh, trek, it's. It, it, so you need someone who's really into their GPS and into their OCR. You know what I mean? It, it it's just a weird. I just find it a strange combination. That's all.
0: Well, you know, following on from our conversation which we had in the last podcast with uh, Charles uh, from ARX Vision talking about ARX and how that works, and yes. you know, essentially having that that baseline of ability that that other devices out there already have, but they can build on it because they're a platform. You know, we had this this conversation and we, what we didn't touch on in that interview, I think a lot of people were thinking it perhaps, I certainly was, which was, well, you know, the, the difference with creating, so the way that Charles describes this is that ARX Vision has that baseline of uh, functionality in the same way that seeing AI does. In the same way that Envision does. And in the same way, I guess, that OrCam does, right? So it's got the short text functions. It's got the read functions. It can scan codes. It can see faces. Yeah. It can, it can detect all that. That's the baseline for him. But what he says is that this is a platform that other people can develop into. That's how Ira is able to perform with ARX. It's not a separate app. It's not a new app. It's not built into the ARX app. It's, you know, the Ira app, as you know, with the ability to connect to this device via that app, because they have the SDK that connects with it, right? So that's how it all comes together, which is brilliant. Um, OrCam doesn't have that. So OrCam is a standalone device. And that was part of its appeal at the beginning. That was part of its selling point. That was one of its unique selling points, was that it was a device that was completely isolated. So the, the images that were processed were processed on board. They were not sent off to the cloud. That was able to, A, provide answers more quickly, and it was able to do it privately. So an image that was taken was then discarded. Um, so you didn't have this buildup of images. It wasn't all getting sent to the cloud. It wasn't being shared around. So there was a security aspect. But the downside now with that product in particular is that Envision and ARX, because they are able to connect to the phone, obviously on a- ARX's case, it is uh, uh, an Android phone at the moment that is tethered with an actual cable. Envision can be iOS or Android wirelessly. Um, this is quite an interesting space because they can then use that technology to connect with other providers, like as we've always wanted it to be, Be My Eyes, Ira, whatever else. Right? I mean, in the meantime, in this at this particular time, it is Ira. But you know, I think OrCam the sort of move towards being a privacy focused has actually become a bit of a negative for them. So there's that. And then I guess the same would apply Mm -hmm. to the Stellar Trek, because again, it's a closed system. It's not something you can develop into. Um, So it really is. We've almost gotten to a point where there's now a third tier. We've talked about mainstream and specialist, but there's now this kind of mainstream specialist collaboration. Yeah, something in the middle now that's kind of developed because... And I actually think it's a really smart move because what you, you know, and, and again, if you haven't heard Charles talk about this on the the podcast, uh, on the last one, go back and listen because it's really interesting how he considered developing ARX. Let's think about the hardware that already exists. We've got Android phones, we've got iPhones, they have all the power in them. Let them do the work and essentially create, you know, connect this device to it, which Pools from that which means that you only have to develop for one thing you don't have to have you know batteries and chips and all that inside the the headset you can have it all inside the phone and uh, I, I just think it's really interesting to see where they're going with this and it makes it harder i guess for companies like humanware who are in that specialist i would say ultra special uber specialist area
2: yeah i, I, I guess do you makes know, sense. make sense No, I I totally get you. And you could make the same argument going back to OCR. I mean, you know, you could say that it's almost um, specialist accessories for mainstream products. If you get the giraffe stand or the scan stand for your A smartphone, you know, the argument is you can have a setup there where you can place documents easily. You can easily set up a scan program and you've got your own scanning setup, uh, which is a mix between specialist accessories and mainstream tech versus just a, uh, a specialist OCR hardware. Um, I don't know. I, I think for me, it always just comes down to the price, right? Uh, mm. Specialist software companies or manufacturers are always going to argue that, you know, they can maximize on their product. They can focus purely on on us, and our needs, whereas with mainstream, there's always going to be some sort of limitation, or they're going to try and work around to get things to work as as we want them. Um, whereas you know, their uh, specialist companies are designing their hardware for a specific task. So, but for me, it just comes down to the accessibility. Trying to people actually getting these products in their hands. I understand the great uh, the great options that they offer, but how many people can afford it? I could never afford a, a, a standard Braille display. I just couldn't. And mm. and a lot of these products, like the Trex and the, I don't know, whatever else there is, they're so expensive, I can't afford them. And I'm not anything out of the ordinary when it comes to the VI world. You know, the unemployment rate is massive. Um, and we're not all in work or in education, and there's not always someone where we can get a, a access to this equipment through somewhere else, a government department or a grant And I just think that actually access to this specialist tech, because of the price, is very limited, and I can't get away from that.
0: Yeah, I I cannot agree more. And I think that you know that you do speak for a lot of people in that, and you speak. I say I would say you speak for the majority. I think you speak for people who do not contact us, who are you know maybe catching this podcast and yeah, I think so. The hearing it and thinking this all sounds great, and we've had these emails. We've had people saying you know this all sounds brilliant, but there's no way I can afford it.
2: Yeah, and again, look, this isn't against the companies. I, I do understand it's a niche market. I do understand there's a lot that goes into research and you know tooling the the prototypes for these and and the, the the design. Hundreds and thousands of pounds to to do these prototypes and bring out a new product. Of course there is. So I totally understand the pricing. I'm just saying that. I can totally see why people say, you know what? Yes, that sounds great, but I've got to go mainstream. I mean, mm-hmm. even people in our community—how many people say, "Yeah, I'd love a smartphone. It's good, good for you. You can afford a smartphone." There's people out there that, that can't even get a, a, you know, a on the iPhone ecosystem at all. So when it comes to specialized tech and those prices, it, it, it's another level again. So, yeah, sorry, I'm on my soapbox a little bit. But, um, no, I think
0: you're quite right. Yeah. Uh, now, listen. I found the email from Greg. I'm, I'm able to get it oh, uh, here now. Uh, I may as well do this properly if we're going to do this. Um, and that's that's a that, by the way, is the uh, mission statement of our podcast. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> it? For, if we bother turning up, we may as well try and do it right. Uh, so, Greg says I use a Victor Trek as well as the stream all the time. My wife and I frequently have travelled to visit relatives in the Appalachian Mountains, where cell phone connections are spotty at best, making relying on cell phone GPS problematic. The Trek is wonderful in this situation. Also, as I am still using an iPhone 6S Plus with original battery, I use the Trek for everyday navigation. Now, aside from saving my phone battery, it's just frankly a better GPS experience than my phone apps are, although I often have blind Square running on the phone at the same time. In reality, I use the Trek for eight hours a day or so for podcasts and books, and I use my phone for seeing AI, Be My Eyes, and other apps. Now, what your HumanWare folks did not say on your episode is that they had been working with the US National Library Service to help develop the next NLS book player generation, which reportedly had a voice control interface. Now, the NLS has recently changed directors, and interviews have suggested that the NLS may be changing directions in how they see the next generation player. HumanWare wrote the software for the original NLS digital book player, which had some common traits as the first generation stream but uh what this means for the future of human wear products is anyone's guess that's uh, greg in pennsylvania now that's i have to say that's an area i don't really know much about um but i, I'm, I wanted to get that point out there because you had very kindly written it in um
2: i said so. he was knowledgeable greg you always blow my mind absolutely you 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 know your stuff here and they did mention you know there was some interesting talk there about versions of i can't remember what i'm gonna say now but there was a version of a certain product which you know went to the american print print house and a different one for them for a different market so writing software for different areas is something they do do um so yeah i honestly don't know enough about it but um it's interesting to see what how far humanware uh, are, actually, they're, they're all over the place.
0: Well, they are, and they, they do all this work with uh, American Printing House for the Blind as well. And obviously a lot of this is down to education, right? They're building products that can work in education, um, quite rightly so. I mean, look, I go on and on about, and about, I don't think okay. I go on enough, frankly, uh, about children getting uh, taught braille in schools. But in order to do that, you know, they can't all be sitting there with Perkins, Nope. you know ideally they want to have a mantis or they want to have a, a real note or you know whatever it might be yeah you know, brilliant whatever it might be just just have technology in front of them and the education departments should be paying for that so yes but that's another story uh anyway um yeah, this, it's friday we're chilling out mm-hmm. and uh, i had the chance to go and visit an old friend for lunch and i took my little microphone with me and uh, decided to just have a nice conversation over coffee uh, with an old friend.
1: Hello Ian Hamilton, how are you? I'm very well, Stephen Scott.
0: Now, for people who don't know who the hell you are,
1: who the hell are you? Sometimes I don't even know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) I work for BBC Scotland. I work as a reporter and presenter of documentaries periodically. And I've known you for, we're just discussing this, for the best part of 27 years. That's
0: why we're yeah. so familiar, right? Because yes, exactly. people are thinking, why is he so familiar with this yeah. guy? <laughs>
1: yeah. And uh, I'm going to take the credit or the blame,
0: mm-hmm.
1: depends which way you take it, Yep, I'm introducing you to radio. Yep. back in the 1990s, you reckon?
0: Uh, we were talking about this earlier. 1995 yeah. is the date. That's the year I remember. Now, I don't know if that's the year I got involved with the hospital radio, but I think it's certainly the year I visited mm. and then stuff started to happen because we did what was at the time, or you guys were doing at the time, What's called an RSL I don't think they do that anymore
1: I think they still do, yeah
0: Restricted service license, right? Yeah, yeah And it was a month-long radio broadcast And You were on air for a month I think I came down just at the tail end of that Mm -hmm. I vaguely remember That's what I remember Because it was a million years ago Mm -hmm. And um, I remember coming down I met you You brought me into the studio which was inside what well, felt like a porta cabin. I don't think it was, but it was a glorified porta cabin. Glorified porta cabin. Okay, I had it had like decent walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it had that porta cabin feel. feel.
1: Yeah, definitely. And is, is that had that kind of one hurricane the whole lot was going yeah. kind of feel, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> which where, where it was could have happened, Yeah, yeah. and um, I remember coming in, sitting down at the mixing desk. Put my hand on the and you showed me where the mic fader was. Uh-huh. And I pushed the mic fader up, and I put the headphones on, and I could hear myself talking to myself. And I just—I fell in what, love with yourself. I think I fell in love with myself. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I did. I think I fell in love. I certainly fell in love with the idea that I could talk, and nobody could stop me, interrupt you. And you know, it was hospital radio, so it was captive audience, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like prison radio. Uh
1: huh. I um, remember all the songs that I told you that you couldn't play. <laughs>
0: What, the blind specific ones or no, the, no, no, hospital no, no, ones? the hospital ones? No, 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 the hospital ones. First Cut at, is the Deepest, P.P. Arnold. Stay away to Heaven. Stairway to heaven.
1: <laughs> Knocking on Heaven's door. <laughs> I said, do not play these songs, they don't go down well.
0: Well, you said that, but you also said it, I think, with a wink in your voice.
1: <laughs> which was,
0: go for it, let's see, yeah. let's get some complaints get in some here.
1: Compl- make sure somebody's listening.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the only way you know. <laughs> yeah. If you get it wrong, you'll find out.
1: You'll get it right. yeah. Um, that was a long time ago. How did you get started? Oh, um, that was an interesting story. Um, I'd always been, obviously I'm a bit older than you, um, and I remember listening to early days of, well, not the early days, kind of, I suppose the, the final days of Radio Luxembourg. Mm. and the kind of, early 70s, I remember that. Because you are old, yeah. I am old, yeah. <laughs> but I was very young, just to be clear. And, uh, and I remember listening to this old radio, it was an old, a really, really old radio and the only way you could get a station was to hold the end of the aerial, you know? <laughs> yes. And a face in a certain direction. And I could get radio, and I loved it. I not to be like Stuart Henry at night, you know, most people, and I loved it. I thought, I'd love to do that job, you know, speak, play a few records. And it never really left me. I tried to get involved with hospital radio in, in a few places in Glasgow. And because I was blind, there was a certain reluctance mm. to this. I think we all have come across this in the past. Yeah. Don't know why the reluctance was there. Um, didn't even give me a go. So they didn't know. And funny and funny enough, these days in those days, it was much more tactile. I was than thinking it is that, now. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was all record players or it was all just, cart I was just record players, cart
1: players and yeah. cassette players. So it was very very tactile. I mean, today it's much more digital. It's a bit more complicated.
0: And you know, you try and find a an accessible radio player system.
1: It's, yeah, tell me about it. It's you know. very, very difficult, and, it's, it's getting, and I think it's getting harder, not easier, the way things have developed. So back then, there was no, as far as I understand, technical reason for doing it, it was just poor attitude. <laughs> so, to cut a long story short, I went to the same college as Sean, down at the RNC in Hereford, oh. just a few years before him, early 80s, and uh, got involved with a hospital radio down there, um, which was good fun, and then came back up, didn't do anything for a few years. And then I got involved with the hospital radio station very close to me across the road. It was kind of, it was on its last legs, which is great for a hospital radio station. It's person. not ideal, no. Uh, it was limping it was badly. in the right place. Yes, it was limping badly. And <laughs> needed <laughs> did medical intervention Got it, which gave me an opportunity to basically, as, as somebody described, a kind of bloodless coup. Mm. So I kind of moved down with a friend of mine um, called at M. Codine Care and I got a wee team together, and at the time we only had one presenter, and he only pre- presented on a, a Saturday night, so it was not it was not particularly hard to muscle in and take it over. Yeah. And we got in there, and I said, well, at the time it was the beginning of, kind of community radio, these RSLs that you were talking about, mm. and we managed to be ambitious and get one of these going, and we got the first RSL, and I mean, to be honest with you, it was kind of two tin cans and a bit of string. Yeah. But it was great fun. It Best was fantastic. It was, you know, it was a bit like having a legal pilot station and that kind of yep. that kind of renegade, you know, rebel rebellion feel. There was people working on it of all ages, no backgrounds, and we got lots of volunteers, all local. And then you come in at the end of the first one, I think, and it was great fun. And every day was different, and you just didn't know what was going to happen until we did our very last RSL, where we got it down to a fine art. Yeah. And I remember, you um, won't mind me mentioning his name here A guy called Col Patterson yep. Who's now working at BBC Wales And Colin was doing the mid-morning show And he came in to me, I said "I'm a bit worried, but Nothing's gone wrong <laughs> <laughs> I said, maybe we just type to stop the station now Yeah, it's just turn it off, it it off now. Nothing's gone wrong Because we, <laughs> we knew what we were doing But every day was great fun it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it We went for the licence but it didn't, it didn't get it yeah, and then I, I had done quite a lot of I was a drama Am I boring with this by the No, this time? is brilliant um, this, is had, this is all history all history Beautiful I, memories for I, me I had done um, Went to become a drama worker Working with a disability theatre company I did that for a few years And did some other bits and always pretty active And then a friend of mine Who worked at the BBC said, why don't you apply to the BBC? I said, I'm never going to get in there You know, I always think BBC types Yeah Like you are you going to get in there, Stephen? Oh, no, not me. Definitely not me. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, get in there. I've got, I've got a disability. It's not going to happen. I mean, Too much an came, opinion. Yeah, jo- <laughs> I've got an opinion. And a job came up, and 350 people applied for three posts back in 1999. I applied for one of them and got it. Wow. Um, and I'm still there over, well over 20 years later. And everything I've done so far has been purely by accident and just by saying yes. And I think this is somewhere that you and I agree in saying Mm -hmm. as long as nobody dies, nobody gets injured and it's not illegal, just say yes if you want to do it. Just have a go. Have a go, guys, you know. And what happened was I turned up to become basically a kind of research assistant producer for Radio Scotland to start this job. And one of the producers at that point, her reporter hadn't turned up, and she said to me, Hey, I'm really struggling. My report's not turned up. So you couldn't go out and do a story for me at b of all places. Mm. But, well, okay, she'll give me this cassette player. That's what they're using to do the recordings on. Um, and she gave me a cassette player, a cassette recorder, and a microphone. And off I went. And I came back. That was really good. You couldn't do it again for me next week. So I became her regular reporter on that program. Then I became a, a reporter on another program. Then I started doing stuff for Home truth sort on of Radio Four with John Peel. And then I did a bit of you and yours and then such. And then by accident, somebody said to me, um, I went to a, an event at the BBC and they were looking for more people with disabilities to get involved in news. So I gave them the stuff that I'd been working on. And they said, uh, Well, for a year, my desk had been moved from radio features to news. Wow. And then they said, Oh, do you want to try to do a bit B- TV? I did a bit of TV. I just kept saying yes. Yeah. You know, I didn't know any better. I was a bit ignorant. i was thinking back, going, what was I thinking of? <laughs> but, but I just kept getting the idea, and I just kept, why not? We've got to do Just kept saying yes, and then that brings me up to where I am now, where we, we are a fairly regular TV um, reporter, but also do a series called My Kind of Time. Yeah. So There you go. And that you've done my, your own documentaries. I've I done, done my own documentaries yeah, and it's good fun. Yeah. And you know, and. I mean, we may touch on this, but some of the technology along the way has been kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, God, I, when I think back to the early days, I mean, when we started in radio, well, when I started in it, it was moving into the digital age. I remember we had a piece of kit at the radio station where we were at, at a hospital radio, and then that moved with us to what became those sort of monthly...
1: I've me just knocking something over so I Oh, I'd well add. done. Okay.
0: Is it? Is it? No, it's nothing Drink-filled or no? it's ok no, it's no, no, you're okay? Um, it was a, it was a, I think a player system called Fast Eddie. Yeah. I think that's right.
1: Fast was that the editor? Or fast or Eddie. Or? Or fast Eddie. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, on you go. Carry on.
0: And that, that was the one where I remember we had. <laughs> I remember the. It was so simple that you could literally play something. I don't think you could play next anything. You couldn't. You yeah. could You had to wait to whatever was finished. Yeah. You couldn't overlay anything. No. Yeah. You basically were just playing a track and it would play the. name. I mean, it was like a CD player, really. Yeah. But it was on a computer. But it was ingenious, and it had a keypad, and it had accessories, and I loved it. Uh, and then I remember we had CD players in there. And mini-disc. Mini-disc, yeah, God. A lot of work was done on mini-disc. Um, and that was kind of the beginnings of it. And then, of course, things moved on and we became more digital. Do
1: you remember the, 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 the mini-disc player that we had that had the 10 buttons on it? That kind of, that You could program a jingle on each button. That's, right I, yes. love, I love that That's that, right, I love that machine. That's I love that machine. Just to give you an idea how things have changed, you probably won't, you may or may not remember that. We got a, a massive big hard drive. This is back in 1996, 97 And we got a massive new hard drive for our computer. And it was nine gig. Massive hard drive. You, my God, nine gig hard drive. And you won't know You're know how much that Cost costs, can you have a guess? Oh,
0: a thousand pounds.
1: Twelve hundred quid yeah. for nine gig.
0: Unbelievable.
1: That's, unbelievable. And it but it was, was, it was state of the art it was at sta- time. It was state of the art, and we had all our songs on the computer, and, and for a small station we were, we were quite good, but oddly enough, that was a point where it was starting to become less accessible mm. for me, you know.
0: Well, that's the problem, right, mm. because it started to become, and so my, my vision at, at that time, was good enough that I could get by as long as I could get the print size up. Yeah. And oftentimes it was a... I mean, I remember the times I used to have my nose up against screens I just about trying to, say to that. see. I, I
1: think your, your nose is pressed against a screen. I had a little bit of vision like you. Mm-hmm. Not quite as much as you, but a wee bit behind you and a wee bit of vision. I'm sure a lot of nose prints... I think it'd be a COVID problem today having our nose up against these screens.
0: I worked with a guy who was visually impaired years ago. Uh, his name's Stuart. I won't say his full name, but... Most people will probably know I'm in the radio business. And he used this system, now made me remind myself, what it's called, Encodad, which was a touchscreen based system. Yeah. And he, worked it, he used that at the radio station he worked at. But it was a touchscreen system, and because he would go so close to the screen, his nose would touch the screen, yeah. and he'd fire off jingles all over the place. <laughs> as he's trying to see what he's trying to do. Yeah. It yeah. was just like, and nobody bothered because, Yeah, it's just Stuart, right?
1: Uh, well, before, somebody well, me, to lean over to look at the screen right. and then I put the microphone on and off and turn things on and off. That's right. It's, 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 well, that was like,
0: because always the, the monitors were the big CRT screens, so yeah. they were huge, and they were always sitting behind the mixer, which so you had to cr- right across that to get to the screen, to get close enough to it. And, you know, that's me breaking something huh? there. Um, but it was just. It's so interesting we just adapted we just got on with it and okay if we were totally blind we would have had more problems But we'd have probably got somebody in just to say what's that say? What's that do? Mm-hmm. We'd have been okay. We'd have figured it out and I think that's something which you and I have got in common Is that sense of let's just get on with it. And I see a lot of people today And it's interesting. I want to get your take on this. I see so many people today who talk about getting into work for experience but they immediately want paid. They immediately want to be getting the top dollar. They immediately, I, my, you know, I have value. I have experience. I can bring something to this, so you should pay me for it. Now, I'm not suggesting for a second that nobody should get paid or that people shouldn't. But if you're starting out in any job, I think an element of volunteering is no bad thing. First off, it gets it gives you the chance to make mistakes, gives you the chance to get things wrong, gives you a chance to learn. And learn about things you might never have intended to learn.
1: It's something I feel really strongly about, Stephen. Just to let people know we're in a, a restaurant at the moment having lunch. Mm. You know Noises about. Um, I, I feel very strongly about this. I, I mean, you look back, and I think even FM our community station that you and I worked on is a good example of that. About how many people worked at that station went on to become professionals, and they say that they learn more at even FM. They gave him the foundation. They gave him the apprenticeship, if you like. Right?
0: I or, could not agree more.
1: Which, which took them on. And I mentioned Colin Patterson there, and there's other people. And nobody earned a penny And there. nobody, I mean did it because we cost loved it. <laughs> it. cost us <his> money. Yeah. <laughs> it cost us money, yeah. It cost <laughs> me a fortune. Yeah. and and um, But we did it because we loved it. right? There was nothing, there was no way we were going to get any money for it. And I think there's a... You have to earn thing sort of, people think we're going to move into radio or TV and think you're going to become a star overnight it took me 20 years to get my TV series Absolutely Nothing happens overnight You have to work out you have to earn the respect and you have to just say yes and have a go Yeah You know, whether it's, whether it's doing the photocopying whether it's making people cups of tea or whether it might be I mean, you came in and to be fair to you, Stephen when you came in to work in AVNFM you did everything and he even helped an old guy called Charlie Boyle, who was the star of the station. Yeah. He drove a desk for him. It was a big generational gap. Didn't worry you, didn't want him. I Everybody mean, seemed to be quite happy about it. I love Charlie. He he was such Charlie. a love I mean, Charlie. And to me, it, was just, it just worked. And I think giving people that foundation is is important. And that's why I say, I just say, yeah, I'll go on that. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, I'll go and do that report for you, Mrs. Producer at BBC. I'll go and do it. But at the same time, I was quite happy just to go and do the most mundane things. Because by doing the mundane things, you learn about other things, you learn about yourself, you learn about what you, what you can do, what you can't do, you learn about psychology, you learn about people. You know, it's not just about the activity, it's about what goes along with it.
0: I couldn't agree more. And you know, I, I think I learned two things, two key things from when I was at FM with you, starting out, and that was, I learned to develop a passion. And I think I walked in with an element of it, but I was young, right? So I was, I was passionate about anything that was interesting. And this interested me. So I wanted to do it, and, I, and then I decided, well, I'm having so much fun, I want to do it well. And then that turned into a passion for the job. And then that's what drove me through, I think, quite a lot of my career. So that, that was rooted in that. But mm-hmm. secondly, it was the opportunity to do anything I wanted to do. And if I wanted to know about something, I could come to you, I could go to Ian, I could go to any of the people. Everybody was open, because we were all learning. There was no hierarchy, there was a hierarchy, but there wasn't you and Ian care. You were the hierarchy, you were the bosses. Mm-hmm. We were the. We came to you with questions, and you would say ye or nay. More often than not, the answer was, yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do this, or I'd like to try this, go do it. Because the approach was, well, if you get it wrong, we learn from it, if you get it right, great. You've learned mm-hmm. something new. and that, that that is... I, I just... We need more of that, I think. And there's, there's a lot of it out there, but I think that the biggest problem I guess we have today is that there just aren't those opportunities. Or not as many as there used to be. I mean, we had we had a lot of radio stations to go off and work in. Mm-hmm. We had places to go. You know, I look at the commercial radio landscape in the UK now and it's, it's pretty much no. disappeared. It's, yeah. it's all groups, two or three groups running yeah. everything. Yeah. So God help me if you're not Amanda Holden or Jamie Thieksden or you know Chris Moyle's or you know whoever you are because how are you going to get to those positions? There was at least, when we were growing up, there were roots to that. Local radio stations, the national radio stations would pay interest to that. Even the more regional radio stations you could go into. You know, I think about when, I, when in Scotland we had, you know, uh, local radio stations like the one I worked at. Eventually, Clan FM. You could progress to say Scott FM or Real Radio. Then that that would maybe progress you to the BBC, maybe progress you to one of the bigger groups like Capital or Smooth or whatever it was. Magic. There was a place. There was a way to get there. How do you get there from possible radio?
1: I think it's very difficult, but I wonder, even for those stations things are changing, I wonder things like Apple Music and Spotify has changed that. You can put the very it, existence
0: it, of radios in question, exactly, right?
1: Exactly. Podcasts. In some ways, you could say it's democratised. I mean, hmm. 20 years ago, the idea of you and I sitting making this and putting it on the internet well, people hopefully will listen to it well, I have no hope for that. But, I mean, I'm, I'm slightly more optimistic about speech. I thought speech radio was going to go. Yeah, but when you see how podcasts have kind of taken over from that and you can listen to it when you want to listen to it. Now, it is narrowcast radio. Yeah. But that's okay because you can find things that you like. And I, I find, I shouldn't they really say this because i given that one for the BBC, but <laughs> I, I find myself very rarely listening to live radio anymore. I mean, I listen to a lot of BBC podcasts. I listen to your podcast. I'll tune into Double top Canada. I'll find other ones that I'm interested in, other subjects made by a range of people, but the subjects that I am interested in, I want to listen to them and I want, when I want to listen to them. So I'm a little bit more optimistic when it comes to speech radio, where I was a bit fearful about maybe 10 years ago, and now I'm not quite so fearful about... Let's not call it radio, let's mm. just call it... Well, what would you call it? Speech? It's not speech. even broadcasting, it's speech. Well, broadcast. this is the thing,
0: so it went from being, so we, would be, we were broadcasters, And we did broadcast. And our role was to be as available to as many people, as many listeners as possible. That was our job. Mm -hmm. Our job was to talk to... I remember sitting in radio station meetings with people saying, right, today we need to make sure that we're talking to, you know, a 40-year-old woman. Uh, She loves Coronation Street. She's maybe a single mum. She's got two kids. So you've got to think about all the aspects of her life, and that will bring you in with a number of our demographic. Mm -hmm. And we'd have all these conversations. Today, it's can you find the the smallest niche, the most interesting narrow thing in someone's life, and can you extrapolate that into something that will be of interest to the group of people you're trying to get to? And that's where we're at today, and that's where this this was born.
1: Yes, but don't you think also that what's interesting about the blind community? I think about twenty odd years ago, it was in danger of losing our blind community, and I, I think I did. I wouldn't have said this 25, 30 years ago, but. You know, the, the deaf community is very strong. Mm. And the name of inclusion, which I'm not against, by the way, no. but, but somehow blind people have we've got to be included in mainstream activity. Yeah. Well, quite often, mainstream activity doesn't always work for us. It's not set up for us. Mm. We're always going to be the odd guy, you know. I, I, I remember, I, I've heard Sean talk about this, when I went to the RNC, it was a revolution for me when I actually found a community when I discovered what I was really bad at football, not because I was blind, just because I was really bad at football. Yep. Up to that point I could use the excuse of being blind. <laughs> and I could people who two glass eye were running past me with a ballgame. <laughs> oh actually hang on a minute. This is not quite right here. This is something <laughs> right. This is <laughs> I can't use that as an excuse anymore. And all of a sudden I kind of found my I found my community. And I think because you can be a member of several communities, mm-hmm. you? can be a broadcasting community, your your, my BBC community or your blind community. And I think it's really important that we hold on to that. And I think what's really happened really interesting with podcasts is rather than have a kind of as far as you and I are concerned, having a, a wetter Scotland blind community which is pretty narrow and, and, mm-hmm. and we've got a worldwide blind community. You know, and I think that's really interesting. I think that's really important for us to, to learn from each other. You know. I've
0: never thought of that attached to podcasting like that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, 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 that would have been difficult to achieve. Because I know, for example, a lot of blind people are into ham radio. Yeah that was never really going to take off as a mainstream activity for blind no. people. I mean, it wasn't no. who you. hey, you're blind, so here's your your white cane, your liquid level indicator and a ham radio set to, yeah. you know, Donkey 69 or whatever yeah. it is. I um,
1: <laughs> Donkey 69, <laughs> was a very unfortunate. <laughs> and I suspect Sean might edit that bit out. Well, although I hope he doesn't. I,
0: I don't think he will. <laughs> I, I have a feeling he won't touch that at all. Um, but any excuse to get me in trouble. But... Um, but I think that's it, right? I mean if, if we were if that was the only way we could communicate, that'd be fine. But again, that's not a one-to-all either, that's a one-to-one. Yeah. To most to, to, to all intents and purposes. This is very different. I have to say I, I do prefer the word community to identity, if I'm totally honest about it.
1: I like the word community. Yeah. I like the word community. And it's interesting, so the things that the things that I get frustrated with with my Apple laptop or my iPhone or joys, is the same to me here as is is somebody in New Zealand or Canada or Exactly or London. Make no difference we all face the same barrier the only difference
0: I find and our podcast hasn't really touched this yet and maybe it will in the future but is the, the access to, it's not the technology itself that's different the technology is universal it's the access to it. that's the difference
1: but that's where we can learn from each other
0: yeah and that's, that's why it's important to have the, the continual conversation that I think about the kind of specialist versus mainstream, it's not a debate, you know, that, oh, a real, you know, note is no good for you. It's that you may never be able to afford one. You may never have access to one. So what's the alternative? What is out there? What can you use? Because if you can't afford that,
1: what are you going to do? I've heard you guys talk about this before, and I think there's almost a kind of, dare I say it, you know, we know the unemployment rate amongst blind people is high, not just here, but across the globe. Mm -hmm. So there's almost kind of the blind people like, dare I say it, you and I, who maybe can afford to get things, or we can get it, but we're the people who can't afford yeah. to go and buy the newest iPhone, or go and get a joint licence, or go and buy a new Apple laptop, because they've dropped their one down the toilet, or whatever, done <laughs> knowing you, right? But, well, but it's just
0: because I like the feet on this one, the feet yeah. on this might be yeah. lovely, yeah. it really is.
1: But, 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 but you know, that, that, that's the danger, where you know, we don't have this ability to go and get different bits of kit. You know, it's very difficult. You know, and it's very expensive. So, so there's almost a kind of two levels, dare I say half and a half knots, that worries me.
0: Well, absolutely. I remember a piece of kit, and I wonder I wonder if you still got it. I think I want to call it the Sonyfx courier. Did that ring a bell? No, I don't remember that. It was a piece of kit that you had. I'm pretty sure you wangled it through Access to Work. And it was a re- some kind of recording device. Oh,
1: oh the ISDN on it. <laughs> that <type of> <laughs> That's the one. That's the one, yes.
0: had yeah. uh, ISDN codec I Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it
1: was a recorder, wasn't it? It was a recorder on ISDN. Kind of, and it was about the closest thing to being kind of semi-accessible. Yeah. Um, it was never perfect, but it was about the closest. It didn't quite develop the way I like it, it seemed. Like it
0: and for the children who are listening, ISDN is a an antiquated piece of <laughs> technology which was basically like internet for boring people. Um, internet, if you only wanted to talk to one person, um, because really it was a connection. It was just a, a way of connecting. A bit like a phone line, right? But it yeah. was, But it was just a, a higher quality I mean, it's, long, phone
1: it's not going. There's still remnants are hanging about, but yeah, well, it's, that's as, true, it's, yeah.
0: as, it's as good as going. It's as good, and it, it will be going. Oh, I think yeah. soon enough they'll be, yeah, yeah. be getting rid of it. Oh, IP
1: stuff is taken over, hasn't
0: it? Going by what you've said, I'm interested to know your take on the future with technology because you know things have changed a lot's moving along we are seeing a lot of accessibility in products as this podcast forever talks about the challenges of it i got a great email the other week from someone saying you know you go on about how wonderful apple is but then at the same token you <laughs> you slag it off. You it off all the time and you like, this doesn't work and that doesn't work and why use it but that's the that's the reality we're in we're in a mainstream world with that and yeah. we're trying to essentially shoehorn in this accessibility mm-hmm. Are you hopeful for the future? Do you think it's, um, you know with, with all the new stuff that's coming, let's be honest, virtual reality, augmented reality, AI, is that going to make it easier or harder?
1: Um, I, uh, oh, it's a difficult question to answer because it's whether these companies will continue to invest into it. When I got my very first iPhone back in 2007, 2008, must have been, oh. it was a revelation to me. I thought, this is fantastic and the things that's come along with it the apps have been great and it's easy to be critical but you know I still think it's been fantastic and could they be doing more, yes have they taken their eye off the ball a bit most definitely um, but in still saying all that it's it's still, it's it's still dragged the other companies along hasn't it yeah. Apple? it's dragged the other ones along I wonder if Apple hadn't done what they'd done what other companies have followed it's forced them I often wonder that it's forced them so rather than castigate them, I want to be a critical friend. As the way I'd like well, to what we'll see I will it.
0: Say is I think, and it's interesting because I often get this perspective flung at me, which is that well, actually, it may not have happened with Apple, and if it hadn't, would it have? It would have become. Well, accessibility products would have come along anyway because legally they would have had to. Mm-hmm. But the question is, would they have been as mainstream friendly? And would they have been built into mainstream products, yeah. or would we have continued to have the blind box?
1: Yes, yeah, so and that's that's the thing that I think that changed everything. Where do I see it going? Um, Was one of the questions you asked me. I, I can see the Apple Glass thing. I'm not 100% persuaded by. I know we all want a camera in them. Mm. I don't see that happening. I think no. it'll be. I think they're not going to make a, a, a set of glasses just for us which means that somebody will develop a set of glasses for us, which will be mega expensive, and out the, out the pockets of most people, which we were just discussing a moment ago. Yeah. So it'll be people like you and I and others, and we might be able to afford to buy them, but maybe a lot of people won't, which is wrong, which will make them very expensive. Um, we all want Apple Glass, but I, I'm just a bit cynical about that. I'm just not persuaded it's gonna do what we want it to do. The big thing for me in the past couple of years has been either. Yeah. Ira has been fantastic for me now for people who don't they must know about Ira because you and Sean talk about it all the time yeah yeah we're well, not it, paid by
0: them not I paid by you. them
1: but they are they are fantastic they really are fantastic I know the people a lot of people, people criticise oh they don't answer me within 10 seconds <laughs> well try and not have it and see how long you're waiting then matey yeah right and because they are trained and the things that these folks can do and I don't think they are paid huge amounts of money no you know You'll get some. Do you know about Apple? Yeah. Do you know about Windows? Yeah. Do you know about how to get them to the post office? Yeah. And you're thinking, how many skills can one person have? And then they get, then they complain when it goes slightly wrong sometimes. Yeah. Well, I like to encourage them because I think that's been a revolution to me. When it's, you know, we can't get a piece of audio into the BBC because Windows have done an update and the script that did work before are no working Are you know, no longer working today. Yeah. How am I going to get this in for the breakfast show? And you phone up Ira and You go, can you give me a hand? You go, yeah, of course we can. They've done it in two minutes. where it might have taken me two hours. Yeah. And plus having to get Christy, my partner, up, to give me a hand. Yeah. You know, and it's then it, it's an argument because she doesn't know what she and it becomes a row. Uh, not the row all the time, but you know what it's like, don't you? Mm-hmm. And you think well, Ira's been the big thing. And I want to see where is gonna go. And I think it's it's that human contact I think is important. I don't think AI is ever really gonna do it for me a hundred percent. Because AI and I suppose this is true of Ira, to be fair, is only as good as our digital connections, or you know whether we've got five G in the future or even you know, a decent four G signal. AI, I don't know. I'm, I'm yet to be persuaded. If I'm being honest,
0: it's interesting you say that because Ira themselves, in a conversation we had with one of their staff, Junior Stanley, who's been on the mm-hmm. show a few mm-hmm. times, she emails in all the time. She listens in. Yeah. Um, they talk about that they started off with the intention of starting with humans, yeah. moving towards AI, but now they're rolling that back, they're saying, well, well we're gonna go
1: in the AI route, but
0: actually, the, the human interaction model is way much better. Way human
1: better. interaction is really important. It gives you a sense of confidence, and that somebody's there and you know, I don't know, it just gives, I think psychologically, I think you're actually, actually talking to someone who understands what you're trying to do? Yeah, and I think that's important. And I think for me, who travels quite a bit, and people like you travel quite a bit, I think that's that human connection is important. because yeah. I'm not always in the same place twice, and so there's always that element of doubt in your mind. Maybe if it's a route that you do all the time, and you want a bit of reassurance, yeah, it might work. But otherwise, no. Give me the human every single time.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's an interesting time. Um, tech is always <laughs> developing there's always something new to, to talk about there's always something new to complain about um,
1: and the driver's car's never going to happen by the way I, oh come on I agree with Sean I mean, in this one I'm afraid, no, but it's it. never going to happen it will never happen in my life I think I'm quite old but well, you're
0: not, you're old so yeah, it's not going to happen you. in your life it <laughs> might happen in mine there you go think about that
1: I think it'll happen I think all driver's cars are going to happen they'll happen in motorways they'll happen in dual carriageways they may even happen in some town centres. But will they let a blind person be involved with that potential to intervene? No. I just don't see it. I just don't imagine
0: it. I have a hunch that the car... I wonder if the car will do what current taxi drivers do. It'll see the guide dog and just drive off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
0: like, you're not going in here. you've <laughs> got a dog maybe, sensor maybe,
1: maybe it might be, right? I just, I just don't... I hope, by the way, if, if, if I'm wrong and I'm wrong, and one day, Stephen, in maybe five years' time, I'll say, going, I'll come out and pick you up, Stephen, we we'll are going out for lunch, and I'll, yep. pick, I'll get my can, or vice versa. I'll be over the moon. Well,
0: I'll you'll be. have your TV crew, and I'll have mine, filming that moment, well, because I, I, yes, we'll I, need to.
1: I just don't see it happening. I just <laughs> I cannot imagine it happening. But if I'm wrong, I'll buy you lunch. Okay. I think I'm buying lunch today anyway. I probably. think you are, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fine. There you go, you are buy it again.
0: Okay. That's twice in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast i know we've been talking about getting you on for long enough but we've finally managed it
1: and in person and, 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 and in person and in the restaurant even when i'm buying lunch, it's absolutely brilliant
3: <laughs> thanks so
0: much for coming sure. on. and there you go that is my conversation over coffee with my good friend ian it was so good to get him on the show i'm so glad he uh decided to come on uh ian's done an incredible amount of work over his career in this field of broadcast and and spreading the word about disability issues and mainstream issues as well. But, you know, his heart's always been in the disability issues. And, uh, you know, like you heard, you know, he was the guy that got me into this business. So if you if you really don't like me, you can blame him and you can shout at him.
2: (laughs) What an impressive (laughs) guy. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Listen, that's it for us today. Uh, But we are back with the weekend.
0: Well, I say the weekend edition. It's the Saturday edition tomorrow uh which is saturday by the way if you're listening to this no. on say a thursday then uh, that will not be tomorrow but you know you know this is how ah, this works well, look just sub- enjoy it right well yeah enjoy it i don't I, like I this cook. i really do you know when well, i was on radio i used to know what i was doing <laughs> i knew what day it was I well knew...
2: <laughs> you knew what day it was that's always good
0: well done you. Day... and then this you know they used to say oh don't mention the day because you know we repeat the show and it's, oh forget it oh, just forget well. it It's a good job this is your show, right? You can do
2: whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It's all fine.
0: Yeah, well, when the next podcast drops... Oh, I like that when the next one drops then uh, so cool I know it sounds quite cool doesn't it uh, it will be the Saturday edition and we'll uh, see who makes it to the show it's always an interesting yes. one to see who manages to turn sadly, up
2: sadly probably not me sorry oh
0: what you're not going to come yeah. along oh. there was a
2: change in plans and I've got an earlier flight oh, to well sorry. enjoy your flight to the thank airport thank you and, um,
0: nice one <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, catch you again next week thanks Sean thank you And remember, if you want to get in touch with our show and comment on anything you've heard, then here is Uncle Rob to tell you all.
1: If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit BlindGuyTalkstech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.
3: Catch you tomorrow. Boosh!